This is this is fine. 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 This is a poor substitute for therapy, but an excellent substitute for other podcasts. We're not like other podcasts. Join us as we find the answers to the universe's biggest questions like is butter a carb? Does crying burn calories? And what the fuck am I doing with my life? We're here to be your part-time therapist, astrologer, concierge doctor, and fairy godmother. Do you need someone to validate you today? Cool, cool, cool. Come on in. We're fine. This is fine. Welcome back to our third installment of Niche Luxury Hot Girls with Caroline Stern, who has quickly become our most popular guest star, shocking, not, (laughs) with NLHG becoming our most popular topic. We have decided to make Caroline This Is Fine's official correspondent in the same way that Shannon is our official astrologer. So welcome to the team, Caroline. We are blessed by your presence and anointed by your gifts of hotness and taste. Today's rundown will, of course, include an update on all things niche luxury hot girls are loving, as per usual, as well as assorted topics such as the topic of cola, dairy as a category, some astrology, chat GPT and AI, and finally, our mental health state of the union. Welcome back, Caroline, our fearless reporter at large, columnist, cornerstone of our hearts, lives and show. Caroline, you know the drill at this point. Are you fine today? The finest of the fine. I couldn't be happier to be back here. There goes Petunia. <laughs> I'm like, she's not fine, I guess. But Petunia's you know what? I'm screaming. Fine. I'm like, I'm like, Petunia's upset. It's fine. It is what it is. It's hard to be a single mother, but things are going great. And I couldn't be happier to be back here. We have so much to discuss for episode three. We do. I'm so happy that we have made it to episode three and so grateful for our listeners who have shown us so much love for these episodes. Caroline, did you know that you're the most popular girl in school, a.k.a. this is fine? Honestly, finally. (laughs) And like my my full circle moment coming true because I was not the most popular girl in school (laughs) in high school. I did win most change since senior year or freshman year. We love a character arc character arc my (laughs) arc line is fully moving into its like full circle moment though if this is the case and that makes me so happy because this is my favorite podcast so oh my god we're just we're in love so that's that's that (laughs) i'm like i'm like literally i'm in love happy to be here one day all i want to do is like have an episode where i get to interview you oh my god should we do that yeah okay great 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 um, yeah, yeah. I, I love like where this is going, <laughs> both in life yeah. and this particular episode. So let's jump into our first, you know, usual item on the agenda, NLHG updates, things niche luxury hot girls are loving, like what's going on in the NLHG community. Do you want to lead this one? I want to tag team because okay. I like I like your takes and I think everything is better when you flop on in as well with me, especially because you, <laughs> oh you are the mayor of this community and you know this. <laughs> So I, feel I live like to serve. Mermaid Ford, no, literally, you literally like this is your home. This is your people. Like, thank you. Like, you're you're my wife. But regardless <laughs> of that, basically, the thing that I've noticed the most, and like, if we think back to Mermaid Core, and we were talking mm, yes. about Mermaid Core, episode and, like, two, episode two, a very important episode. I was talking about Mermaid Core, but I think outside of just like the concept of like mermaidification of things. I would imagine you see these things too. Net, like the concept of like a mermaid being Uh, caught in a net. I feel like net is turning into accessories and all these net bags. Totally. Like we saw the net sort of, what was it? The net uh, le pliage from Longchamp. Oh yeah, the Longchamp beach bag that's like, yeah, it literally looks like um, 
I wish I knew like nautical terms so I could sound really smart right now. <laughs> but like, right. I'm like the yeah. whale boat net. <laughs> yeah. It looks like, I don't know. Do you catch fish with it? Probably not because those are like pretty big holes. <laughs> no, I think they do. They like catch mer people and fish and sirens right, and right, right. whoever else. That's what the bag looks like. And I have been noticing that in all these different bags, like Claire Vivier came out with one Ooh, yeah. and these cute little, and it's the funny thing is the holes are just getting bigger and bigger. Like the net itself <laughs> is like, eventually people won't be able to store anything. You can't put anything so much in the hole. bag. <laughs> That's why I think people are only going to carry around lemons in a non-ironic way. Oh my God. Yes. Like Anna Malfi. I'm just going to like carry a single piece of rope because that's the ultimate large hole net bag. <laughs> Uh, honestly, chic. It's giving like Bottega summer 2026. <laughs> <laughs> We're honestly in love. Like, yes. <laughs> and like, it's like, that's our vibe and that's what we'll carry at our wedding together. But either way, moving forward, I Wait, do yeah. think that that is the gortification of Louis Vuitton. Also, we need to touch upon. Oh, yeah. Okay. Quick transition Go- into other luxury bags. The gortification oh, yeah, of like- Louis Vuitton. What's the latest? So if you were partaking in episode two, which if you haven't, you should do that after this. We once upon a time a few months ago spotted the fact that Louis Vuitton started painting gourd-like figures on its bags. And we're not talking pumpkins, really. We're talking squash, like yeah. full acorn squash. And then like a around spaghetti the squash. Time, <laughs> it was a spaghetti squash. Uh, honestly, the best squash. But yes, underrated. We were like, the gortification of Louis Vuitton, what is this? Like gardening in general, like garden core was plopping its little head up from the ground, so to speak. And I think that that was just moving into the direction of what we already were talking about, which is garden core, tomatoes. Like we moved into picnic core. We were not together yet when we talked about the teddy bear picnic core and your, your picnic bag. Oh my God. Oh my God. The bag. Yeah. We need to talk about that. Because that was a full circle moment for the gortification. It really was. Like, okay, so for context, um, I have been moving some things out of my closet and like trying to identify where certain things are as one does. And I found this picnic basket purse kind of thing that my mom had given me from my great grandmother. And Caroline had texted me and you were asking something about picnic core. And I was like, shut the fuck up. Like I literally just pulled this out of my closet. You did. I literally, like, I'm sitting here nodding. You just gave me. <laughs> <laughs> I literally was like, what, what in the hell is happening? This kismet energy of picnic core. This kismet picnic all, moment. <laughs> kismet picnic moment came full circle. And that is how we knew that really the gortification was just like a precursor yeah. to picnic core. And I think that that's just going to continue into the summer. I think that is like in itself a trend. But honestly, I think that like, the best trend that we all know, and it comes back every year, and like we can't deny that she exists, is the fact that like niche luxury hot girls, one thing we don't know, it's sports, organized activities <laughs> that involve sports, playing well with others on a team, unless right. it's some sort of like hot Jewish kickball league, which I'm trying to join. <laughs> um, and and so with that, it's like, how do we then partake in like the cool kids? We get like a summer club sweatshirt. This is how it's we find the brands that are making merch that look like they're a sport club, but it's not. It's ironic. Like Moda Operandi came out with their own like club Moda. And I'm seeing the same thing with like obviously Sporty and Rich does its every summer thing, the Frankie shop. And I think so the summer trend is like we don't play well with others. We're not on the sports team, probably because we were all theater kids, but we're getting (laughs) to play along together in 
club merch. And it's like, obviously no one predicts that because it exists every year, but it's like, sometimes you can't reinvent the wheel and we need to just like pay homage to, yeah. to that, to that little cult of the non-sport, <laughs> the ironic clubs, <laughs> the ironic, non-ironic tennis clubs that no one can hold a racket. Like me, I'm literally wearing a tennis skirt today. Do I know how to play tennis? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I wanted to but take, a trend. I wanted to take tennis lessons so I could get tennis skirts, like specifically I think that you should. for the wardrobe. What yeah, if we I'm just both tell people that we're playing tennis and we're like, oh, yeah, my partner, my racket partner, like Dominique, like we, and nobody needs to know that it's like virtual tennis. And yeah, that, we, like, we really commit to the bit. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like that, that's I mean, honestly, my me committing to the bit with you is my lifelong practice. But <laughs> like, yeah, I would it's say a spiritual practice. It's like me, not non-monogamous spiritual religion, whatever it's called. Like, <laughs> I want to create something new with you. I'm like, we have a lot to cover, though. So it's like, I'll table that for next. Time. Yeah, that's that's for the next episode. But I love what you're bringing up with like picnic core, like the ironic take on sports outside, and then like the rope, like kind of nautical maritime energy. I think a lot of it is touching on like being outside and the concept of like being a little bit less online. I don't know. Maybe that's yes. just like my own random observation. No, it's not. I fully agree with you. I think we are glamorizing the child that played in the mud, but in yeah. an adult way now. Yeah, like chic playing in the mud. <laughs> chic playing in the mud, like in adult way. It's like if you wore Victoria's Secret, you wear this now as an adult. It's like if you made mud pies, now you're outside maybe picking up like sexy archery. Maybe you're... Ooh. Maybe you're just laying in the sun reading a book. Like I honestly knows? love but that concept. Way. When you said sexy archery, and I was like, that's a vibe. I know. I'm like, do we do that? Is do that shoot? our hobby? Oh my is god, do we that make sexy my archery merch? <laughs> Wait, <yeah. gasps> this is fine with a bow and arrow, oh and it's like a little god. a little cherub. <laughs> the cherub yes. is playing archery. You're Ooh. officially our merch director. Thank you. <laughs> I'm like, someone write that down, down. Someone, Dan, write it down, please. <laughs> I'm like, okay, no, that's what we're going to do. Oh, my God. If we ever do some sort of meetup group and, like, Ooh. this is fine listeners, even if it's just me, you, and Stella, and we go to communal <laughs> archery in our sweatshirts, that's the club. Wait, I love this concept. I hope everyone listening is as jazzed as we are right now. <laughs> no, literally. It's like we don't do anything except archery, and none of us have ever done it before. We have to all go in at a beginner level, but we and go like, as a family. I really don't want to impale anyone. That's, like, a big concern of mine. Right. Well, you have amazing aim. I know. I, I don't know, but like, I feel, I feel in my gut. I'm like, mm -mm, sister. I'm like, I'm like, your Gemini and Mercury would never let that happen. Honestly, you've learned so much in such a short period of time. Thank you. I know. I'm like, it's giving wizard of dolphin energy. Like that. I, I you said dolphin one time a week ago, and so I've like kind of it, claimed it in my head as like our. My love, when you say a week ago, it was literally 24 hours ago. <laughs> it was 24 hours ago. I'm like, <laughs> I've been saying a thing too now where I picked it up on accident. Someone said this and then I started picking up where it's like, you'll say something in my head. I'm like, she always says that. Like, she always said that. And now in my head, I'm like, she used dolphin one time. I'm like, it's my favorite animal now. We always said that. And we that. love dolphins. We follow the dolphin lord and make dolphin noises. <laughs> and we'll put that on a sweatshirt as well, which moves us into... More things that we love. Dolphins yeah. remind me of jelly because jelly reminds me of pool floaties. Oh my god, cute! And I think it's a <laughs> what I'm a like, segue. <laughs> I'm like I'm like when your adult ADHD hits. <laughs> Relatable. I'm like, I'm like when you said dolphins, I heard sparkly dolphin colored lip gloss, which I think Ooh. romanticizing my inner child by doing the absolute bare minimum on my face and eyes, except for just like a little mascara and a fun jelly lip gloss is That's me. Yes. <laughs> giving me life, giving you life. 
And that's the culture. And I love that. That is the culture. And I feel like you really called like jelly nails, hard candy nails. Now they're kind of being called lip gloss nails too. I know that was like a trend that you had forecasted as well. I feel like I can't take the clout, the the clout. I would clout farm the other people (laughs) I saw in the nail space that were kind of like peeking around the jelly concept. But I kind of, I was like in my head, I was like, I'm cementing this. Whether no one else follows it, we're going to do sheer. And that's what it means to be an arbiter of taste. It's true. We are not reinventing the wheel. We are, <laughs> we are, we are like, what's that lady? We're Danielle Bernsteining the wheel. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm like, sorry. I'm like, if you're listening, I'm really sorry. I did Do not mean. speak his name. <laughs> I'm like, he, she, how should not be named. <laughs> like every community has their own niche Voldemort. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm like, sorry again, if you're listening, I, I don't mean. <laughs> sorry, no, no harm, no harm meant. This is like a safe I'm like, space. Like, <laughs> I'm like, this is a safe space for you too, if you're listening. And, and like, yeah, there's just a lot to cover and you got sucked in. So sorry. I'm sorry that you got sucked into this anyway. Um, speaking of getting sucked into something, um, it'll be, so the day that we're recording is a, a single week prior to when you're listening all of you listeners. So this might be a little bit out of the news cycle at this point, the TikTok news cycle, but I feel like there are some important topics. And Caroline, you and I were talking offline about the disaster that was Almond Wedding, the Almond Wedding Ugh. trend on TikTok. Do you want to start that one off? Because I know you feel very strong. Yes. So I think that for the listeners that maybe don't know what we're talking about, we should give us a brief yeah. recap of Almond Wedding. I feel very compelled to do the recap, but okay, I want yes. you to also then tell me if you feel a completely different way because I, then it's like, did I digest the recap, the video? No, yeah, it'll be way, cool you know? to see like how we both, because we haven't actually had the whole conversation about it. And before you get mm-hmm. into the Almond Wedding, the concept of like Almond Mom is sort of like a 90s, 80s-ish eating disordery mom who like only eats almonds and like doesn't have anything processed and like, you know, calorie counts or like scoops your cereal with like a third, you know, measuring cup and uh, just very controlling around food, very diet culture-y. That's like the concept of almond mom. And so what Caroline's about to talk about is something that has been dubbed almond wedding by commenters and viewers on TikTok. Yes. And I also have to just add in the, is it caveat, caveat, whatever, of that it, I think almond wedding, almond mom, like whatever nowadays too, is almost like the olden days of what you're talking about is like, I feel like our like millennials, millennial mothers who would eat like the hundred calorie pack of like Triscuits that weren't necessarily healthy Mm -hmm. because they were processed, but it was like calorically. But now I feel like Almond Mom has transpired into like Gwyneth Paltrow core where it's like, we're eating only pollen. Yeah. Like orthorexia core (laughs) of like, no, actually, no, literally though. Like we're only eating like bloat gummies and unsalted almonds, not because of like calorically because almonds are actually high in calories if you think about it compared to like those like Triscuit whatever that we're talking about yeah but, but it's, it's like because the they're healthy too like, <laughs> yeah exactly because they're healthy because it's like for for it's like the healthy fats whatever so it, it is really orthorexia because it's like the safe foods quote-unquote yeah so and like with before we get even further I just want to point out this is not like intending to like call out anyone with orthorexia I have friends who have struggled with orthorexia it's a very serious as, yes, like should be taken seriously and that's why we did want to bring up this it's a conversation that's already happening online and we are providing our take. A hundred percent. And yes, to add that in, I actually know many of people in my personal life, actually some of my direct family life that yeah. were very much dosed with orthorexia. And it is a, I guess you could call it under the umbrella of anorexia. It is very much so in there and it is 
not funny or fun, but it is definitely conversation worthy. And it definitely feels like something that a lot of people don't know has a name. Yeah. And so I think it's good. Did we say what it is? Orthorexia? Yeah. I don't think we did. So if you are unfamiliar with this, I'm so sorry. I don't want to be like inside jargony, but orthorexia is uh, considered an eating disorder. It is a compulsion with the control over food, healthy eating, um, an obsession with only consuming things that are considered quote unquote clean, even though there's no real like guideline or diet. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like there are no parameters for what exactly defines quote unquote clean food, but it's compulsion right. with only eating something that's like, you know, sprouted, raw, organic, you know, sugar-free, whatever it is. Um, it looks different for different people, just like any other illness or struggle. Um, there's a ton of information and resources online if you feel compelled, but just so you're up to up to date with what we're talking about. Exactly. Beautifully said. So Almond Wedding, there's a creator on TikTok. She is known, I would say, if you actually scroll through a variety of her content for being someone that eats um, like flour-free, she's gluten-free, she's refined sugar-free. I'm not sure she's what her other... Too. She's, she's yeah. dairy-free too. Yes, definitely. Yeah. She's definitely the main triad of the things. <laughs> the, she's, the, what's the, the death triangle stuff? on your face or whatever, the triangle of death? <laughs> <laughs> like the, it's giving... It's the Illuminati triangle of delicious foods, but whatever <laughs> The, the Bermuda triangle of happiness. It's the, the Bermuda triangle of happiness, <laughs> gluten, dairy, and sugar. Yeah. But she is Those are my favorite food groups. <laughs> I'm like literally same. I do not know off the top of my head if she is free of those because of actual like a hundred percent like allergy, like mm-hmm. diagnosed things, or if it's more of an inflammation thing, which I definitely think a lot of people do choose to be free of those things because they're those things are not alkaline foods. They are um acidic foods and technically acidic foods, like things that are high in sugar and gluten technically are not great for inflammation, whatever that may be. That's what like Tom I was going to say Tom Ford. Who's the football player? Brady. Tom Brady. I don't know anything about sports and you live in Boston and I somehow like, had the I'm last like, name. I'm like, what's that guy's name? Not like, Tom Ford. It's the one Tom Ford. The yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Tom Ford eats an alkaline diet, which is I mean, exactly wouldn't be surprised. No, exactly. So he's all these things free too, not for allergies because of inflammation. And it, so it's a popular diet, whatever it may be, whatever her reason, she doesn't eat those things. And to move forward, her wedding day came and she did a what I eat in a day on my wedding. So she started the day with like a green juice and a lemon water and says that cleans out her insides, which lemon water doesn't do that. I'm not a doctor, but I do know that lemon water cannot <laughs> clear out your kidneys because that's not how human organs work. But either way, lemon water is delicious. So that's fine. But she did that. And then she had a green smoothie and then a raw veggie plate. I literally have this memorized because I've watched this video. Yep, so many I'm times. like seeing it as you're saying it. <laughs> no, same. Like a raw veggie plate. I don't know if there was hummus or not. Probably some dips. And then for dinner, they had salmon and veggies. I don't believe there was any sort of like carb or delicious potato on the plate, which is the only thing I look forward to on the plate. And then Same. for dessert, they had, I don't remember if they had a raw cake. Yeah, it was a sugar-free, dairy-free, gluten-free, dairy gluten-free, yeah, gluten-free, quote-unquote cake. Yeah. Quote-unquote cake. And then on every table, this is where things I think really took a polarizing term was every table had a Ray bloat supplements on them. Yeah. And then they had a candy 
shelf or its spread of smart sweets, which are those gummies and candies Actually, modeled after our favorite candies. I like love smart sweets. I, I love smart um, sweets. I met I love like them. the or not met, but I worked with the founder like a long time ago when she was first launching. Sarah I will say that right? I understand why she needs bloat supplements if she's eating a lot of smart sweets. No, totally. It's a lot of fiber. Yeah, it's a lot. that's like that's it's, like me me when I chug olipops and then I realize the fiber count and I'm on the floor yeah. because I can't button my framed denim like so sad. It's but a, no, literally it's, like a first class ticket to the toilet. Like no, I'm literally like I can't even go there. It's so polarizingly like painful. But if you know, you know. But like yeah, know, so she know. had those, and then she had the unreal peanut butter cups, which I also love. And she basically was like, mm, I'm gonna treat myself to a couple of these bad boys at the end of my <laughs> wedding, which is like. They're literally like carob and sunflower yeah. butter. And I mean, they're delicious. Don't get me wrong. Right. So that's so the, the big takeaway was we had these two very it was it was confirmation bias at play, meaning people, I think, immediately felt a little pang of weirdness after the first like, wow, that's very one sided type of eating. They go to the comments and see these people being like, wow, that's so crazy, so unhealthy, like you're restricting whatever. So confirmation bias at play, reading those comments. And immediately then, I think a lot of people were kind of not mob mentality by any means, but like seeing that and feeling <laughs> just, yeah, I mean, we'll call it mob mentality. They were feeling called to then, you know, leave their own comment feeling the same way. So we have those people. And then we have the people that are like, it's your wedding. Mm -hmm. It's your wedding party. It's your day. Eat the things that make you feel good. You're not hurting anybody. You're not depriving anybody of food. It's not like, you know, they weren't feeding people and everyone can take care of themselves. And I think that the main takeaway then also that we have to talk about is that she made a response video after a few mm -hmm. days mm -hmm. and basically, you know, said... These, this is the way I eat because I have a lot of allergies and I have a lot of intolerances and my now husband like knows this and it's not like shocking and it's the way that we both live. And like, this is the way that I live my life. This is what I eat. I'm a healthy person. I feel good. Don't let it bother you. A lot of people requested to see this video of what I was eating at my wedding. And so I'm basically giving the people what they wanted. And if I had eaten, you know, a big bucket of I was going to say salmon, but that's not right either. <laughs> I was like a big bucket of cheeseburgers or whatever. We'll just use that as an example to, you know, mm -hmm. be more of a gluttonous food type, let's say, then I probably would have gotten, you know, the opposite kind of comments. So just let people live their life. So that's kind of the breakdown, I would say, the synopsis, if you will. Before we get into our own thoughts, because we never talked about it off the phone, do you feel like mm -hmm. I'm missing anything? Um, the only uh, missing part of the diet was how she brought up um, that she drinks two specific kinds of like one wine and one champagne oh, because yep. she knows that there's less than two grams of sugar. And yep. then in the rebuttal basically said, it's not feminist to not support my choices. Right. That is, I wish that I had touched upon those and I'm glad you did because I forgot about those. She That's drinks why we're tag teaming. <laughs> it's tag teaming. I'm like, I love when we do things as a family. But yeah, she drank <laughs> the biodynamic rosé with less than three grams of sugar. I'm like, mm -hmm. just me memorizing. Yeah, I know. And I was I, like, yep. Um, and some kind of like champagne, I want to say. Um, um, it was Moe, Moe and Coach Moe, yeah. yeah. And then she, yeah. So, so she said that and she said the same thing about it, it not being feminist inclusive to basically shame her diet um, for what it mm -hmm. is. So, do so what's you your take? To, okay, my take. I'm like, do you know? Okay, so my take. So I think I have a, a, kind of like a little angel and a little devil on my shoulder when it comes to stuff Love like it. this. Yeah. If that makes sense. Like picture And I think that's approaching it line. like 
That's approaching it with like fairness and kindness, I think. Totally. I like to approach everything with fairness and kindness because I've never in my life had a healthy relationship with food, whether it be the times where I have caught myself having orthorexic tendencies Mm -hmm. because I'm trying to get to a specific goal or the opposite where I'm emotionally eating and, you know, health and nutrition and, you know, micro and macro health, whatever it is, is not at all at play. So I think it's important to look at every side when you are going to talk about someone's like eating habits of their wedding. And so I want to do that. But I think the thing, my, uh, my initial takeaway, like the first initial thought that popped into my head, cause I want to honor that thought is damn, that sucks yeah. for you. Like yeah. what a, what a, what a specific kind of like way to live your life that feels like you're depriving, like d- deprivation yes. was deprivation kind of a theme. word for me. Yeah. Like yep. de- deprivation in the sense that like, I think it's very like, there's obviously a big contrast to like that day of eating compared to maybe like a more standard American wedding day of eating and what we see on TV, whatever it may be, not to say one's right and wrong. But I, for me, like the initial word was deprivation. And I think everyone goes to in their head, like, well, I would never eat that on my wedding day. Like if it was my wedding day, whatever, unless you do love that. But for me, it was like, wow, I start my day with coffee and I would be having like a giant croissant and like treating myself because for me, I do, I do reward myself and treat myself with food. I'm okay saying that. Yeah. Food Um, is celebratory. I think, I think food can be a means of connection. And, you know, celebration yeah. and yeah, comfort if it's wrong. used right. in a helpful say, way. There's nothing wrong with comforting yourself and like treating yourself, quote unquote, with food, especially on like celebratory yeah. occasions where it's fun to indulge in things with people you love. And that's, yep. you know, I'm I'm not Italian, but I feel very Italian. You're honorary. <laughs> I'm yes. an honorary Italian and I like to celebrate with food and like yep. bring people together with food. So for me, originally when I saw the video, I was like, wow, that's a lot of deprivation. And also I thought to myself, wow, as a guest, I would be so, excuse my language, pissed the fuck off (laughs) if I I paid to go to a wedding and I didn't get, you know, a taco bar and a baked potato bar or just like a nice (laughs) rotisserie chicken. Um, (laughs) And so I think part of me and part of my initial takeaway was that and kind of the rolling of the eyes and like, wow, I'm, I would never like, couldn't be me. Like I would never do that. And like, I would never glorify, you know, that because even I think in the head spaces where I've known I'm being more restrictive, it's not something that I would celebrate or glorify because there is nothing in my opinion, fun or cool about having, you know, deprivation, deprivation, unless you really are deathly allergic to things and you have your entire community is based on like eating AIP, which is autoimmune protocol, which is eating completely alkaline, which I have a really, really rare autoimmune disease. And I did try to eat AIP at one point for that. It's really hard. Not fun. It's not sexy. It's not, it's horrible. It's so detrimental. So if that's your thing, then maybe this is different, but that wasn't her shtick. So basically I felt that way, but then immediately I kind of had the conversation with myself about why are you, you don't know, why is your initial thought to like bash this person's choices on her wedding day and you don't Mm -hmm. even know her and you're not invited. I think it's kind of like the fear of the unknown and like, it's really scary because it's so opposite and it's like almost painful to see someone else maybe living better than you and making the choices that we all want to make for ourselves, which is like Mm. to eat really clean and knowing that I have the means to do that and live my life that way and take care of myself in a better way. And like, that's a really big, cool way to honor yourself and your health. If you can make those choices, even on a day where you're celebrating typically with things that are more gluttonous, like I think there's something really cool and powerful about 
just continuing with those really good habits for yourself, even on a day where you'd maybe want to like gorge yourself. And so I think indulge a little bit, you know? Yeah. Indulge, indulge. So I think for me, I'll say my opinion is it's important to use language that I think recognize, like if I was her, I would have used language maybe, maybe around somewhere around the fact that like, she knows that this is a little bit out of the norm maybe. And that like, just give a little bit more of clarity on why that this was her eating habits because the video blew up and like she didn't have that same engagement across all of her other videos. So I think a lot of people would see that video without maybe following her and not know that maybe there's like a there's long no context. history. Yeah, there's no context. Like if you're coming in, you're like, I'm a woman who suffers from X, Y, and Z inflammation. And like, this is how I ate on my wedding day. And I was able to enjoy amazing food that tastes good and feel really good. Mm-hmm. I think then it's like you put the array of like supplements on the table though. And it's like, okay, well, not everyone at your wedding probably is bloated yeah. and has that. So there's a lot of like me flip-flopping around. I think at the end of the day, I personally don't love people focusing in on food or anything that's Mm -hmm. really like polarizing because I think there are a lot of people that have a lot less of the ability to like sort through information they're seeing and process it and come away with a healthy takeaway. I think there are a lot of young girls that see her and she's beautiful and blonde and you know thin very and like thin. standard american hot girl like model thin and is engaged now getting married to a really handsome man at this gorgeous wedding and then you can take all of that that you see and compute and say okay if x plus y equals hot girl like do i need to <laughs> eat and live this way to Correct. attain this life That's and what i it think is. that like that is really unhealthy and not something that i think it, we should glorify or glamorize. And I don't think that that was her intention at all. I'm sure. I don't know her. I've never talked to her, but I would imagine she's probably didn't go into it with that outcome. She was, it was her wedding day, but to summarize my thoughts. And then I want to know your thoughts in graphic detail. I think that like (laughs) that video could have existed and should exist because it's what makes her happy to talk about food and her lifestyle. And it is her wedding and that's to be celebrated. But I do think that the elephant in the room that like isn't really an elephant it's just like a giant bowl of array pills <laughs> is that like there were some disordered ish <laughs> eating you know pieces in, in that yeah. that felt a little off and uh i don't know I, I guess i just walked away feeling like not great about myself and my yep. eating habits it made me feel like i could have done better that day And it also made me feel a little bit sad for her guests. And I think when a video makes you have to have a conversation with yourself, it's like, where do we go from here? Like, what did we learn and what's the takeaway? And I don't really know, I guess, aside from I felt bad for myself and her and jealous in a bunch of different ways. And now I want to know how you feel. Well, I'm glad you brought up all those things because I think anything that raises these questions and makes us look a little deeper is important. So I think that the fact that something like this exists that causes us to look a little more closely is a good thing. And again, I don't want to like direct any negativity toward any individual. I I have a slightly, not a slightly different take, just like a different layer. So like, <laughs> this is going to seem like uh, Elle Woods in the courtroom telling a random story until she connects it all together. But when I was a little girl, I wasn't allowed to watch Barney because there was an episode where Barney said something like, you don't need to be scared of monsters in your closet. And I was like, what the fuck did you just say is in my closet? Wait, what? So, what? yeah. So I was like, wait, what? Um, and I like went to my mom and she was like, God damn it. So like the concept <laughs> of 
a monster being in my closet didn't exist until someone started talking about it. And they didn't come up to me and say, like, there's stuff in your closet. They were having this conversation that like, oh, you don't need to be afraid of this. That's the energy I got from the video, which the concept in general I'm thinking about is signaling. I think a lot of it is diet culture signaling, uh, food shame signaling, food fear signaling, and I think that she is entitled to have whatever diet she wants. Obviously, she's an individual. She can make those choices. Um, She does have allergies, I believe, and she's eating things and taking care of herself in the way that works for her, and it's not for us to judge. I think that when you then take those things and put them out for public consumption, not just like, oh, here's what I'm doing, but here's what I'm doing to, to what you said, look this thin and this good, and she's doing a lot of, um, I don't know if it's called body checking, but essentially yeah, like showing off her body is. all the time, which is very, very thin. Some people are naturally thin, and some people have to work really, really hard. It sort of seems like the latter. Again, that's not really for me to judge. But if you look at comments in other content that she has created, it's all so many women being like, what do you put in your smoothie? How many times yeah. a day do you eat? What do you do for snacks? How many times do you work out? What do you do for X, Y, Z? It's all desperate people who want to look like her and they think that following what she does will get them to where they want. It's coming from a place of pain, fear, and lack. I think that when you are showing a quote-unquote after and it's an over-idealized, over-glorified, over-glamorized, like you said, body ideal— that's when you can get into some trouble because there's a lot of signaling going on. She didn't force anyone to take the bloat pills, but they're on the table. That's a form of signaling. Right. She didn't tell anyone that they didn't that they couldn't drink, you know, higher sugar wine, but she brought up how many grams of sugar are in a glass of specific wine. That's right. Signaling. She also mentioned this is all that I had in the video itself also shows I don't see any other drinks in the video. So it's like she says, this is all I had, but it's also the only thing on the table for consumption. Right. So those things, even if she's not forcing anyone to do anything, she's living her life. It's also presenting this as this is the solution. You want to look like me. You want to live this like glamorous, gorgeous life. This is how you best take care of yourself. Even if it's not overtly saying that, that's what's promulgated. Like, The concept of diet culture is perpetuated with content like this. And I think if you are a content creator, there is a level of responsibility, especially, especially, especially if you are a wellness and health content creator, because that's one of the biggest things that impacts human beings. Yep. I couldn't agree more. And I think that like, I need to say something that is kind of exactly the reason why I think that she needs to be or needed to be a little bit more just like not woke, but it's like, we all remember the like smoothie craze, um, fruit first, like food combining thing. And like how detrimental that was to people. Like, I think that was kind of like Watergate for (laughs) (laughs) the Watergate for the like health for the wellness influencers. (laughs) Yeah. The Watergate for the wellness influencers was that fucking food combining craze. And honestly, like, it's fine. It is what it was. Like I took part in that, but I think when you see stuff like that, you have to be able to walk away and be like, okay, I recognize that these habits aren't unhealthy or healthy or whatever, like for me or to myself, but like, I can recognize the fact that like, I shouldn't maybe promote something this, you know, not say like, right. Like I'm not calling (laughs) not to say like politically, but like if we want to turn dieting and like lifestyle into like right wing or like left wing, we could say like the people that are so like, 
I, you know, um, eat whatever I want and I have no, like, I don't weigh anything. Like this is me a day in my life eating whatever. And then you have the other, like, we'll call it one or the other. So like to give an example, I can admit the fact that like I wake up lately and like, I'm not giving myself credit for this. And I would never say it on the internet because I don't want (laughs) all my people that follow me to see it and think that like my life matches like the, the edited version of my existence makes sense. And this is what I'm getting because of this. Like I wake up and I have my antidepressants and now my Vyvanse and coffee for yeah. breakfast. Okay. Like that's my truth. I'm not going to go on my vlog though and be like, ah, I wake up. You should I, do my, this. <laughs> I'm like my perfume of the day. First I have my Vyvanse and coffee breakfast. And then I spray my perfume of the day and I don't eat again until lunch because I know that that's perpetuating a really unhealthy lifestyle and stereotypes. And like, I don't want to be the godmother of that. And I don't want to back up the fact that I think that everyone should choose to live that way. And that the high match lookalike audience of the people that follow me, I don't want them to associate the fact that that choice is what gives me the life I have, the way that I look, whatever, because they're not mutually exclusive. And I don't eat that way every single day. And I don't want the few choices that I talk about and the times where I get to be the one that decides like what goes out for it to be around that because I know that's not healthy and I don't want to glamorize that. And I think that like, it's very opposite of what she's doing, obviously. And I'm not saying that hers is the opposite of that and that she's, you know, in the same space of like that level of like unhealthiness. Cause I'm talking about like something that's actually really not like healthy. Yeah. yeah. You're but, just speaking to your own experience yeah. and we can't judge her experience right. or what we she can't eats. Judge it, but I can be aware that I know how to have a thought come through my head and be like, mm, should I probably leave this off the internet? And instead, like if I do share something, maybe show a more whole rounded meal, like a smoothie and a sandwich and something, because there's less debate there and it won't cause, you know, it won't really hopefully cause anyone to like fight in the comments or like have nutritionists fighting in the comments. Like, do I really want this to be the thing that people know me for? And I don't know if she had that thought before she posted or if she knew back in her head that like, Oh, this is going to cause an uproar. I don't know, like truly, but I do wonder because I'm like, you're putting a Ray bloat vitamins. Like, do you work with a Ray? Are they like a sponsor for you? Like, I mean, it feels like that was sponsored, but again, that's not, we, we don't know. We weren't we behind the scenes. We weren't there. And because we don't know. And there were no FTC guidelines followed if that was the case, which yeah. is my full-time job. So it's, <laughs> yeah. there's a lot, there's a lot to talk about. And I think that like this whole concept of like what I eat in a day is what I spend in a day is like they're entertaining yeah. to see what other people are doing and where they're putting their effort, their energy, their time, their calories, whatever. But I do think it can be detrimental because it takes us back to like the OG times of like freely the banana girl eating a million bananas a day and all these like amazingly beautiful, healthy teen girls then eating only bananas and losing their periods. So it's like... Exactly. I I think that what I eat in a day is one of the most toxic trends when it's done in this way, where it's like I present my idealized body and then I do what I eat in a day versus, you know, there's a different approach. Like if this individual has specific allergies... There's a difference between like body checking and then showing what I eat in a day versus just talking to the camera and saying like, I have like X, Y, and Z. I've gone through all these things. And like, this is what I eat to navigate allergies. A hundred percent. I follow it's two different this girl goals. named Mariana Dvorska, who mm-hmm. she has polycystic ovarian syndrome. I do as well. I oh, same to, girl. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, don't we all? But so I, it's yeah. funny. I followed her 
when she was many, many, many years ago, a YouTuber that was doing like heavy weightlifting content, what I eat in a day is where it was all protein, like fake stuff, like fake, you know, what's it called? Like whey protein and like all calories, yeah. macros, whatever. And she, that was like her, what I eat in a day is. And I loved her content because she showed how she lost a bunch of weight and it wasn't healthy, quote unquote, because it wasn't real food, but it was, you know, calorically restricted. But then right. she completely had a full content shift and was like, I was diagnosed with PCOS. I can't believe this mm -hmm. is the stuff I was promoting to people. I was losing my hair. Like I didn't have a period. Like I was so bloated and sick. I was talking about, you know, this food that isn't really food, whatever. Now her content is, you know, what I eat in a day is to help naturally heal my PCOS off birth control and like showing, you know, really just like, I would say very generally like full balanced, healthy things with food from every category, like not restricting unless she has an allergy and the way yep. that she like presents the content is a really like comforting place that comes from like not a restrictive place, not a place of like That's looking awesome. a certain way. But, and I like the fact that that can be done. And I like the fact that people can say, I'm sorry and be like, I changed my mind. And I think that like, I almost yeah. wish this girl would a character arc on. again. <laughs> yeah. I love a character arc. And I wish this girl, I don't think it will happen and I don't know her and I won't ever find out and ask, but like, I almost <laughs> would be like really stoked if she was like, okay, I obviously recognize the fact that the way that I eat is pretty polarizing, but yeah. like, I, I'm sorry. You mean like, almond, I, bride. Yeah. almond bride. Sorry, yeah, I feel yeah, like yeah. that sounds so pejorative now. I don't want to like, I'm like, be a disrespectful oh, I don't this remember person. her name. I feel bad. We're not calling you almond bride. If you ever listen to this, because yeah. we don't want, it's just like, it's the term that the guerrilla marketing people have called it, whatever yeah. it is, what it is. But yeah, I think that like there, people can change their mind. People can say like, this wasn't right for me. It does kind of annoy me that there are a lot of influencers that I follow that followed one trend and now they're like only eating salmon and dairy. And they're like, actually, this is what's good for me. Even though I was vegan right. and I was afraid of, yep. you know, gore I've seen gum, so much of that. So much yep. of that. And I'm like, just don't talk about your food then. Like give yeah. us, educate us on any other thing that you're passionate about. Because it's like, you're, you don't want to be the reason a 13 year old girl gets her first job and her first paycheck is spent on fucking array bloat things because she thinks that like, yeah, like don't do it. Just don't do it. If you have the platform, yeah. like pick, pick a different topic. That's kind of where I think I'm especially on TikTok where there is such a younger demographic, like you just have to be really, really conscious. Like if you have an audience, you have a responsibility. It's not necessarily fair. And like, yeah, you yeah. some people might say like, I should be able to just talk about what I eat and not have to worry about this. But I don't know. I think there's a level of responsibility. And you know, too, this is a perfect example. I'm going to kind of pull ahead the curtain. I was not planning on talking about this, but I feel like it's my duty to talk about it, honestly. So Beautiful. obviously we all know Bloom Nutrition, Bloom Greens powders. They're mm -hmm. all over TikTok. It's whatever. Mm -hmm. So I always have kind of jokingly, you know, referred to the girls, guys too, but for me, it's girls that I see on my free page that are adding in Bloom Nutrition, those greens powders into their content and yeah. like weaving it in like that they take it when they have their really stereotypically hot body and then they go to the gym or vice versa and kind yep. of trying to integrate it in as like, this is what gets me here. And I've always kind of not mocked that, but it always has been a little MLM-y to me, like the Bloom yeah. Greens girls. Like when you get I like see the ick from it. <laughs> yeah, I get the ick. It's a TikTok. It's an influencer driven brand. So, so Bloom reached out to me for the first time this last week offering okay. me, they've never reached out to me before, reaching out to me, offering me to send me the powders and then a very, very, very small amount of money in exchange for me posting them in a video in any way that I want and using the hashtag bloom partner and using the hashtag, like whatever it may be to sh indicate sponsored content. And okay. I just like, it was so 
it like I had to have a full circle moment because at first I was like, wow, I feel like you reach a certain level when bloom like sets their sights on you. <laughs> You're like, I made it because, to bloom level. <laughs> like I made it to bloom level of influencer, like DIY. But then I took a step back and I was like, damn, if I like, I had to really think in my head, I was like, hypothetically, like, let's say they offered me a lot of money. Um, would I like, I haven't taken on anything still that I don't love and use truly. And thank God, right. but like, I know girls in my life and in even the city that I live in that are creators that like use these supplements and really don't like actually use the supplements and it's yeah. fine. And like, they're doing it, it to make it a paycheck. Is. Yeah. And they're doing it to make a paycheck. And I'm like, I guess it's like the whole, like, Oh, you do too for a check and like, whatever, get your coin. Mm-hmm. But I, it took, I took a step back and I was like, if I like if I did this and I took this, like I'm not going to either way, but like, let's Mm -hmm. say it was a ton of money. And like, I had to think about it. Like would that morally compromise everything I believe in for like what the good of influencer marketing and content storytelling is. If like someone like me that doesn't use stuff like that and doesn't like make their content around that and doesn't like biohack your life with greens powders when that's like not how I'm living. Like would that just completely really like ruin in my own mind, my own reputation. And I think, yeah. And like, that might be a really strong sentiment, but like for me, it's, there are so many other things to talk about. And like, I get it. Like maybe that greens powder changed your life. And like, if that's the case, amazing. I love that for you. And I do take a greens, <laughs> I take a greens powder and I buy it myself and I don't talk about it because I would rather be my own I would rather advocate for my own personal brand and spend the money on the thing that I love and not have to right. talk about it, knowing that if it's doing its benefits and making me healthy, then great. But I don't need to be the catalyst for an MLM driven, like green powder <laughs> brand. That's probably not doing anything for me. And the takeaway there is like, I just think that we need to have a better, bigger, more like larger conversation around responsibility of these things that, because it's like supplements yeah. are like a freaking gateway drug for eating disorders. Like, I let's honestly, just say I it. feel it's so true. similarly. Thank you for saying that. And like, I know that they serve a purpose in a lot of different areas, but yeah. I think that the way they've been framed and positioned in wellness culture now does have a lot of overlap with ED. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, but I'm not seeing a single person on Bloom that is not a stereotypical someone under size six, size eight person, you know, living a life that isn't super glamorous, eating Bloom that they didn't pay for. And I pulled, I have a group of best friends in a group chat and I sent them a poll and I said, guys, I need your immediate answer. Don't, I'm not explaining why. How, like when you see Bloom and I'm sorry, Bloom, like my being, I'm like, I'm like, obvi- I'm like, obviously, not, this episode. I'm like, I'm like, obviously if you listen to this, we're not working together and I'm sorry, do your thing, get your coin, but like, whatever. Have um, fun. <laughs> Good I luck. Like, my, like, my bad. Athletic Greens, if you do hear this though, I would love to try you. And I heard, <laughs> but either way, no, um, I, I asked them, I was like, and when you see Bloom and these nutrition powders, I said array to whatever. I just said all of them, like, do you immediately think this person only took this and is using this because they got paid? And the resounding thing was like, yes. Absolutely. And like, maybe they taste good. And like, it's cool that they have a mango flavor. One of my friends was like, I actually got it and I do love the taste, but I still good associate it with that. And, yeah. and so I think the point being like, if we were to do a poll, it's like these people that are watching, like they know that you're getting, you know, paid or gifted whatever in exchange for your feature. And it's like, I don't know, it, it, it loses credibility and the people that they're choosing to do these partnerships with all kind of look the same way. It's like, if bloom was out here trying to be, you know, 
giving out their nutrition powder to people that, you know, were fighting terminal illness and like, you know, we're not stereotypically beautiful in American, you know, standards. Yeah, like looking at different facets of health. Like what does health mean besides the size of a body? That's exactly what I mean. I'm like, if you're, you know, I see people on my TikTok pop up that like lost a fucking limb and they're like telling their story. And I'm like, if Bloom could like donate to their, you know, charity and send over some greens powder and they're like, hey, no obligation to post, but like, whatever, like this has some good properties. That's a different story. But the way that they've angled it and the way that all these companies mm-hmm. have angled it and the way that Almond Mom, sorry, Almond Mom, we didn't mean to get away yeah. from you, is doing this. It's <laughs> like, it's just, it doesn't, it feels a little icky. It feels a little, there's like, there's like an un, under whatever the word, like there's just like a, a tinge of something that is like not great and makes us all feel bad about ourselves. So I didn't mean to go on a tangent there. Sorry, Bloom again. But I love that you did. I feel like that's honestly really authentic. And I feel like we usually are just mostly unhinged on our episodes. Yeah. But uh, this feels like, you know, we had a more serious and important talk. And I think it's something we should keep talking about. Like just the way that we talk to each other, what creators and influencers are putting out in the world, the level of responsibility we have, why we should be a little more careful when it comes to things that involve our health. Um, You know, if, if it's someone talking about clothes, perfume, um, I don't know, travel, like whatever it is, like that's not impacting your physical and mental body. I feel like that's a little bit different. But when it's something that has such a huge bearing on like literally liver live or die situations. Yeah, live or die. Yeah. Not to sound dramatic, but you get it. Me me recommending Oriana because it because like marshmallows and like whatever, like that's my nose is, you know, independent thoughts on this perfume and get it, don't get it, whatever. If I'm like, yeah, take this literal, <laughs> like we don't, it's not FDA approved supplement. Right. Like, that could like it? give you a disease yeah. or land you in the hospital or right. give you an eating disorder. Who 100%. knows? Like, like let's yeah. use our responsibility. And even like, you know, even it comes, even skincare is a whole other thing. And like, you know, right. ingredients. Level of like, responsibility gr- there too. Yeah, like green fear mongering of like organic versus not yeah. natural versus not. There's Quote, so unquote, much to clean. talk about. Yeah, there's yeah. just a lot to talk about. And we should do another episode on that, actually. We should do another episode on that. I know we have a lot left to discuss. <laughs> we do. Okay, so, I mean, this is going to be a really, really sharp turn, like one of those turns where, it, like, you're making a hard right and it feels like a U-turn and, like, your stuff goes flying because you're turning so hard. But then Because we were just talking it. about, like, clean eating and now we're going to talk about cola and dairy. <laughs> way, way more up my alley. <laughs> yeah, so Caroline and I have collectively decided that cola is chic, cola is, like, the drink of the hot girl. Should we just go over, like, the history of Coca-Cola? <laughs> yeah, I would love for you to give a breakdown on the history of the chic hot girl's drink, Coca-Cola, and give us... like a summer school lesson on the hot girls beverage. I literally would be so honored. So, okay. Um, Coca-Cola was originally invented in the 1800s by a Confederate soldier who had been impaled by a sword and became addicted to morphine. So he was looking for, sorry, it's like not slay. I'm like slay. (laughs) What what a slay. (laughs) So uh, let's take it all the way back to the 1800s post-Civil War in Atlanta. John Pemberton is trying to overcome a morphine addiction after being impaled by a sword. He's also a pharmacist and or druggist. I don't know if that's the same thing. I'm looking at different sources. And an he alchemist. came up. Yeah, an alchemist. It's giving men in STEM. It's giving men in STEM. <laughs> men in STEM don't do real science. They're just alchemists. <laughs> <laughs> They're just working with uh, literally coca- cocaine, um, alcohol. Yeah. So the original mix literally had alcohol 
cocaine, which is where the coca comes from, the cola nut, which is from Africa and has like a lot of caffeine in it, and then damiano, which is like an herb that's still used today in like different, what's the word I'm looking for? Different like modalities, different practices. So he came up with this. I'm going to read this ad to you. Pemberton's French wine coca. This is where we... (laughs) This is where we get the cola we enjoy today. Pemberton's French wine coca, the great and sure remedy for all nervous disorders. Sounds (laughs) promising. Such as mental and physical depression, neuralgia, loss of memory, sleeplessness, etc., etc. It is the great restorer of health to body and mind. (laughs) I'm not going to read this whole thing, but I'm just like... (laughs) It's like so hard. Literally, it says that like through your life, you're going to have lassitude, weakness, loss of memory, premature decay, which points with unerring finger to the road to disillusion and the grave. Literally, you can be rescued, rescued I and cried. restored by the use of French wine coca. Do not delay. Literally slams Amex on table. Yes. Um, I'm like, I'll take 16 take, cases. Take, take all my Amexes. I'm like, I so, show up to Almond Mom's wedding with my... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Pemberton's Sorry. French wine coca. I'm like, Absolutely. The niche luxury hot girl wedding, the only two drinks we have are OG Coca-Cola. It's it's literally Coca-Cola with Coke and <laughs> alcohol in it. I'm like, well, if you're welcome, if you want to come to my wedding. My favorite party drug is Pemberton's French wine coca. I'm like, it's giving quaaludes and Pemberton's French wine coca. <laughs> In 1887, French wine coca sold 720 bottles a day. Honestly, fucking slay. <laughs> like, fucking slay. So that's like the history of cola. And you have brought cola into like the world of fragrance by highlighting some really good cola f- like perfumes. Um, I love that through our research of this, we discovered some of the notes of cola. Have we gone over these together? We have briefly touched upon them in personal conversations, but honestly, I I need to go over them again with you now because it was so, so brief. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, So Coca-Cola specifically has, okay, let's see, confirming significant amounts of compounds found in the essential oils of cinnamon, lemon, orange, neroli, hot, mm, coriander, mm-hmm. nutmeg, and vanilla, which also sounds kind of like a perfume. It does. It sounds like Mancera Tonka-Cola. Yes, exactly. So it's like, what makes cola so good? Like, what makes it taste like cola? And like, it's not really the cola nut anymore, um, which was at one point used for like the caffeine and like that's where it comes from. And it's Um, K-O-L-A. But now it's like this, I guess it's 58 aroma compounds. Oh, that is so cool. I love science. Women in STEM. Women in STEM. (laughs) Neroli and lemon and like cinnamon and cardamom and all of these things together, like this spicy little sambak of yumminess. I don't know what that word is, a sambak. No one looked that up. It's probably, I didn't use that right. But either one. <laughs> sambak is like jasmine. Like, I'm like It's like a plant type. The nomenclature of sambak. For me, <laughs> for me, the nomenclature of sambak today means little mixture. So re- I'm going to redefine the word sambak. It's a, me- it's a melange. <laughs> it's a little melange of yumminess. And I think that cola as a fragrance and a beverage and honestly probably many other things is a marriage of some of the best olfactory notes of all time. Yeah. And that just doesn't surprise me at all now that we know that because cola is also fucking delicious. It's delicious. And I have rationalized this and like precision nutrition, please don't take my nutrition <laughs> license away. Yeah. yeah. But like honestly... 
I love like a Mexican Coke with like the real cane sugar, like the OG oh Coca-Cola with like a little bit of like milk or half and half in it. I know how disgusting that sounds. No, no. But if you like a root beer float or a Coke float, like you're more familiar with the the niche Coke float and you take out the ice cream and you just put in a little bit of like add cream. It's like an Italian so, soda. Like no, 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 you grew exactly. up with that, right? Yeah. Okay. I did. But also we were you on Utah Mom Soda Fountain Talk during <laughs> no. whatever time? Okay, so more okay, so this is really important and you're gonna you're I'm introducing you to your people. So you're welcome. Beautiful. Thank Basically you. in Utah, they cannot have coffee. So, because it's against Mormon culture for some reason. Right, right, right. I have a lot of Mormon friends, actually. Yeah. So, they can have caffeine, but they can't have coffee. So, they have all these Mormon soda shops, which, like, you can get, like, Red Bull with two pumps of Red Dye 42. Oh, my God. (laughs) And, like, 17 shots of almond creamer and, like, 52 little gummies inside. And they, like... So, it's like a latte without coffee. (laughs) No, yeah. But it's these crazy, delicious drinks. And all of them... mostly start with a soda base and then a coconut milk or coconut coffee creamer addition. And I think like what one of the most popular drinks on Mormon Utah soda TikTok is cola with coconut milk and lime and like a pump of like pina colada syrup because it gives you that like exactly what you're talking about. And so that brings that creaminess. Yeah. Creaminess. A root beer folks are the best drink in the whole world. B, now I need to know if you were a Mormon soda drink, what would yours be? Oh, okay. And C, I agree (laughs) with you and I just need... And C is just I need to honor the fact that I agree Mexican Coke is the most elite version of Coke ever. My death row meal, my death row meal beverage, if I was to go on death row, would be a Mexican Coke with a lime squeezed inside. One yep. pump of vanilla syrup, like Madagascar Ooh. vanilla bean syrup, the real stuff. And this, it's a little feral mom and dad, if you're listening, sorry. I want a rim of Xanax on the bubble. <laughs> I'm going to death row, to be fair. It's like, Pemberton's French coca. <laughs> but it's like literally the modern Pemberton's French coca. <laughs> I'm like, it's it's giving reinvented. It's um, French. So, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. So back no, to I lo- your Mormon. I need to know that, that though, before I forget. I'm like, thank you. I mean, I feel so boring right now, but BFF Olivia, who I literally saw yesterday, we talked about this. She found this recipe that's like, hold on, I need to find it. It's called, I think it's called a dirty Coke. Hold on. Oh, I'm like, I'm like literally Googling this. Let's see, frozen. Coconut I just need you drink. to know while you Google this, a small anecdote on the side is once upon a time, probably 17 years ago, I was at a Starbucks and I heard someone say, so they ordered a um, a dirty chai, and the, barista, the barista whispered to the other barista. They said, "She'll take a Lindsay Lohan." Oh my and god! <laughs> the, I can't remember why I just said this. I think it's because you were going to look something up, and it reminded yeah. me dirty coke. Of a dirty coke. That's what it was. Yeah. Yes. And I just needed to share that with you. I've never forgot it in my entire life. I think to myself every time I get a dirty chai, I'm like, "I'll take a Lindsay Lohan." I'll take a Lindsay Lohan. Um, <laughs> I wonder what celebrity would best identify with this because it's you have coke. Mm-hmm. A couple tablespoons of half and half, mm-hmm. a half a lime, crushed mm-hmm. ice, and two tablespoons of coconut syrup. So it's like a lime coconut creamy. I feel like Snoop, Coke. Snoop Dogg. I feel like he loves. I'm like right. I'm like doesn't Snoop Dogg love the tropics? Like he's I'm always just like said gin that. and juice. Like I don't know gin and juice. I'm like and he's always <laughs> said that. Actually, I feel like Jason Derulo. <laughs> Jason Derulo would love this drink. I feel like maybe a little offended by that. <laughs> um, honestly, like I love this drink too, though. And like Jason Derulo is a man of the people. So he, yeah, 
I, uh, so we <laughs> ran into him once, like at my school, like college. He was like going to perform at a halftime show. And the family that I was like doing the tailgate with, they had like, um, I want to say like a 12 year old daughter or something. And it was her birthday. And they went up and they were like, could she get a picture of you or like with you for her birthday? Like, she's a huge fan. It's her birthday today. And he like blew her off. And I like watched it all happen. <gasps> and I was like, oh, I don't like you anymore. <laughs> okay. Never mind. He's canceled. I ran a campaign <laughs> for Jack in the Box when I was running campaigns. I did Jack in the Box x Jason Derulo. And it was like, the oh my Jason God. Derulo, like happy power hour meal or whatever. And I literally. Wow was like, mm, we're best friends. I'm running this <laughs> campaign. But no, I literally um, low-key heard the same thing, though, that he kind of really like, sucks. So, yeah, that's... Yeah, I'm I didn't like, know if that mind. was just like... You know, everyone has an off day, so I don't want to, like, typecast no, he someone. Also, like, he also, I think he cheated on that beautiful woman that he was has a child with now, too. Terrible. Ugh. So, never I, mind. I know, like, not Sorry. all men, but, like, ugh. <laughs> nah, like, most... All all Jasons, probably. Bill Brulos. All like, Jasons. Not all Jasons. Not all Jasons. But honestly, no. He's canceled, and he's not a part of your drink. I'm sorry for that uh, little side note. We we can... We can't cut that, because I need him to be known in this community that he's not welcome. But... <laughs> <laughs> he's officially but, out of the NLHG community. <laughs> the NLHG community versus Jason Derulo. <laughs> in the case but, of... <laughs> in the case of, like... Literally, the Dominique Castorino story surviving Jason Derulo. But this is going in to, my memoir. I'm like, I'm so sorry to get off topic again, adult ADHD. But to the the Coke recipe that Olivia says is your and your favorite yeah. Utah mom float, right. I don't think you should shame yourself for that. There's nothing Thank wrong so much. with taking the best things and putting them together. That's kind of like me and you when we found each other. Oh my God, what a beautiful metaphor. <laughs> like one of us is the Coke and one of us is the full fat dairy. I'm our, full our, fat dairy. Friend, our friendship is the dirty Coke recipe. Oh my God. Beautiful. If anything ever happens to me, will you get a teeny tiny dirty Coke bottle tattooed on you? Yeah, 100%. Okay. I have no tattoos, but like I'll do it. No, same. I'm like, couldn't be buried next to my parents, but like whatever. <laughs> in, the, in the Jewish burial ground, but like whatever. Yeah, I'm it. like, don't die because like I really don't want a tattoo. <laughs> I'm like, okay, maybe like we'll, we can revisit that. But either way, we'll, sure. we'll come back to this topic. <laughs> we'll, we'll come back to that. But I do love that as your mocktail drink. And I think that we Thank should you. probably move on to the fact that not nope I lost my train of thought okay back to the train of thought I think that we need to (laughs) conceptualize recipes for each other to try of what we think we would be as a delicious beverage Ooh, I do love this concept because I want to come up with something in my own lab science women in stem women in stem and then I want you to taste it maybe we can have a live yeah okay so today is like we receive our homework today like we get a women in stem assignment and we are going to come up with a recipe for one another. And then, recipe. Yep. And then the next time we record together, we will have a live tasting. A hundred percent. Alternatively, Excellent. we can also we can also go live on TikTok. Ooh. Okay, yeah. yeah. We're gonna make this happen. Okay. And will it will will it include <laughs> one of our categories today is dairy? Well, <laughs> will it include full fat dairy? <laughs> like I'm like full fat dairy. Let's talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> so oh my gosh, full fat dairy. We have a lot to discuss because I broke down in metaphorical tears over the fact that I can't have milk because it scares me, but I can eat (laughs) cheese because it's cool and hot. Cheese is cool and hot. You can have full fat dairy in yours, but I probably won't make it for you with full fat dairy because I love you too much. And I learned a really horrifying factoid that is the dairy companies 
let you and let American farmers allow a certain amount of cow pus in each bottle of milk. Oh, God. Pasteurized or not, whatever, like processed or not, there's still an allowance of pus. Where'd you find this? It's like super well-known. So your sources. I'm like literally just like Google it. I watched so many documentaries and like Googled it. And like, I wouldn't say this if it wasn't like actually factoidal. Yeah. And that freaks me out. And it's like, it's like, there's nothing unhealthy about the pus. It's just like when you think about eating like rennet or whatever. Yeah. Like it's like, yeah, it's it, there. I'm going to pretend that this conversation never happened. And then like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, continue well, I'm to not, order a whole milk cappuccino every day. I'm like, I'm like, this is exactly what happened when my friend was afraid of getting her dog spayed. And then instead of me telling a nice fact to it, I was like, oh, nothing will go wrong. My friend's dog fell off the table and died because they didn't give enough anesthesia to it. But that's because it was a boy dog. And she was oh like, oh, my God. Uh, she was like, what? what? This is what? just like that, but with dairy. Oh my God. I'm someone who pretends that meat comes from the grocery store. So I'm going it to does. just meat like bypass this. Store. No, 100%. And everything comes from the ground and it all wants to be on my plate because yeah, I'm everything is just food. <laughs> Every time I eat a chicken, I thank it. I will tell you for its life Wait. in my head. See, that's like a beautiful thing that I can't do because I'm in such denial that it's a living thing. <laughs> yeah, I get that. I do get that. It's like I've come to a place where like, I'm like, you know what? I'm a, a little bit of a carnivore. I'm a flexitarian. Yeah. And, you know, it is what it I is. I did a pescatarian year. And then I was like craving red meat and yeah. started I'm crying as I consumed eating. a California burrito. <laughs> Oh, I'm so glad it was a California burrito, though, and that I had oh, fries in it. Oh, my God, that sounds so good. I'm like, where are The fact that you know what it is. Oh, my God, of course. I love a California burrito. I lived in L.A. I used to go to the gas stations all the time because that's where oh the most God. authentic ones were. Oh, my God. Did you know that that's like a San Diego specialty? <laughs> yes, because the first time I ever went to La Jolla, which was the only time I went to La Jolla, we landed. And my best friend at the time, still friends with her now, love you, Nikki Russell, took me to California burrito and we got oh my me God. a California burrito, and it was the best thing I've ever put inside Isn't of me. Isn't so good? So good. If any of you are listening and you don't know what that is, it is a normal Mexican-style burrito full of American French fries. Yes. You've got carne asada, you've got melted cheese, you've got guacamole, and you've got French fries. So it's like a burger and fries wrapped up in a burrito. It's the thing that I never knew that I needed until I had it. And so I guess the full circle answer is full fat dairy. Is it it? it? Yeah, because sour cream and cheese. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. That's true. I literally just like traipsed about New York, like ordering full fat, like whole milk, (laughs) full dairy scent, (laughs) cappuccinos everywhere I went because that's what I was getting in Italy. And I'm like, yes, like this is this is my drink. And usually it's like, oh, can I get an oat milk latte? Can I get an almond milk? Like whatever. And I'm like, nah, just like Give me that pus, I guess. Give me that. Give me that pus. How should I give me that pus on a sweatshirt next? <laughs> I am gonna throw up like immediately after this. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like literally, literally like Dominique Gastarino, the surviving pus. <laughs> I'm like, this I'm will sorry. be a chapter of my memoir. <laughs> I'm like at this point, I will be the ghostwriter, and it will yeah. be fueled by fueled by pus. Okay, well, I'm gonna need a that. ghostwriter because I'm like too busy busy vomiting from how grossed out I am. It's literally your corpse haunts around us. And like, I just would write that memoir for that guy. And like, yeah, so full fat milk, stamp of approval. Okay, so moving right along. How is your Saturn return going? Oh my God. Oh my God. There's so much to discuss. Okay, so my Saturn return started March 7th. We're recording today on May 24th. So when right the weeks leading up to March 7th, I had the most painful friendship breakup of my life. 
Uh, I lost my job. (laughs) Yeah. TBT. I'm like, TBT. I accidentally burned a bunch of my hair off because I was playing. I forgot about that. Yeah. And then let's see what else happened. Um, I got a new stretch mark. That's okay. That's just unrelated. And uh, I had a full blown realization that I'm an influencer. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and so I was like waiting for you to come to that. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like, and I'm an influencer. So it's been a lot because what I've discovered in my Saturn return is I now wake up every day. I I took all these things that came to me knowing my Saturn return was about to restart. And like that karmic retribution time was like, basically like mommy feed me. And I was giving it Mm -hmm. what it needed. It was filling, filling her up, so to speak. And so all those things, I was like, it's okay. This is all on purpose. The universe doesn't want these people in my life. Makes me sad, but that's okay. It is what it is. Like this job, like clearly I'm on the path, whatever. So now every morning I wake up, I say, I am enough. I have enough. I believe in the good things coming. And I look in the mirror and I'm like, love you, bitch. We're doing so good. And my Saturn return is honestly slaying because I am getting like opportunities and people coming into my life and like different like little learnings that feel so like important and powerful in my little life story and I'm just kind of going along with it and there are some hiccups because you know Saturn want me to have a fun time all the time but I am learning (laughs) I'm learning a lot and I think that like the base layer of Saturn return and people being like oh it's scary and whatever more I'm just learning that like if I put the work in and recognize things the first time and like live with a better sense of agency during my Saturn return and like balance my emotion and my logical brain and the little astral moon goblins that live in the sky that are controlling <laughs> me that Shannon probably owns, then I'm going to be okay. I'm like, yeah. I'm so proud of you. I'm like, and I'm like, and then I'm like, mommy Dominique teaches me how to communicate. I'm learning how to communicate better. I'm reading The Art of Communication by that Buddhist guy. Oh my God. I'm so excited. Yeah. I made it to page two and then I turned on Love is Blind season one. But <laughs> And I think, that's on ADHD. And that's on ADHD <laughs> and growth. But my Saturn return, you know, things are going. And I'm also just learning a lot about astrology. And I'm like loving learning about astrology. My gateway drug into astrology really in a real way was episode six of the This Is Fine <laughs> podcast by Dominique Astorino and Nina oh <laughs> I am probably 96% of the listeners to that. Um, yeah, it is one of our top episodes. And, and like, it just like keeps going that, up. Go listen to um, but I, I really learned that like you can make and craft a life for yourself if you know your chart better. And I'm like, I have so much access to information. Why would I not? And then I learned, I can't remember if one of you guys said it or no one said it, no one else (laughs) said it, but like the moon or like the moon controls the tides and we Mm -hmm. are made up of mostly water. Yeah. So why wouldn't that make sense? And I literally had like a, I had an outer body moment where like dolphin Caroline was looking at human Caroline (laughs) and was like, you got to learn your shit. So I've been doing that. The one thing I will say that I've been having a lot of fun with is um, trolling adult men with my semi like quasi knowledge of how to read charts. So I'll, what I'll do is I'll have them, if I go on a date, a hinge date or something, I'll have them put their chart information into Chani. Shout out Chani. I wish you would give me a subscription. 
Chani. <laughs> Chani sponsor us. I'm like, Chani, sorry. It's Chani, not Chani. I'm so sorry. But yeah. I, okay. uh, and I'll be like, oh, wow. Like you have a, I'm like, wow, your, your Imam Koeli is in its whatever house. Like that means that you're <laughs> literally in the perfect time of your life to settle down and find a beautiful girlfriend who's a Taurus. <laughs> and I literally gaslight them into thinking that we're soulmates. And it, it's yeah, astrology. The, I'm having the time of my life. I'm like, I'm like other girls literally will tell you that you're a match based on your sun signs. But like those girls are not for you. Like you literally, I literally am like the girl bossification of astrology, but I'm actually gate, <laughs> gaslight gatekeep girl boss astrology is where I'm at. But honestly, I again, women in STEM, like women in STEM I have about 17 partner potentials over the last year, not all at once, but that I've <laughs> like, and by last year, I mean, since January. Um, that I've said like, oh my God, wow. Like your Saturn in your fifth house is Aquarius, which none of that probably is real. But, and then I'm like, it's crazy. Like, I'm like, you are literally so open, but like, you've been closed off, but like, you're literally like looking for a family. Like the perfect time is now your Saturn (laughs) return is starting. And it's like their Saturn return happened years ago. And they're just like, whoa. Yeah. And so gaslight (laughs) my way into the hearts of others. But at the same time, then actually becoming educated and I'm learning and I'm like, oh, wait, this actually does make sense. And you're my oracle. So then I send you people's (laughs) charts and I make sure like you as my oracle checks on me because I went on a date with a guy who had seven Scorpio placements. You know, I I was afraid of that. See, I'm a bad oracle slash fairy godmother because I forgot about that chart. And I think like heavy Scorpio energy is cool. It's one of the most like spiritually developed signs. Yeah. But I mean, Petunia is a triple Scorpio and an empath. So... (laughs) That's my dog. That for her. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. So, astrology. I love yeah, it. Yeah, you're doing the thing. And eventually, like, you're going to learn so much. It won't even be gaslighting. You're just going to, like, read them for filth. Reading for filth. And I can't wait to destroy their inner egos by telling them that the way that they are is not because of the moon, but that they're just actual trash people. And, that, and then I can <laughs> be like, that's like, I'll put that on, like, when I take Shannon's course, like, in little quotes. I'm like, literally ruining men's feelings one day at a time. Astrology. <laughs> But I'm like, I'm excited and I love it. And honestly, it is really cool to feel excited to learn about something because fun factoid in college, I had to take a science um, class and I saw women in STEM, women in STEM, obviously. And I had to sign up for one and I was like, oh my God, astrology, like check. Yes. Like I love astrology. I sit down. It's fucking astronomy. I'm blind. I miss the word. Oh my God. I'm in like advanced <laughs> level senior astronomy. Literally, they're like the albedo of the planets are 90. Holy shit. And I was like, why is the sun nine Sagittarius? And like, I had to take it. I literally got like a D minus in the course. No. Oh my and God. I didn't learn about astrology. And I still don't know anything about astronomy. So I'm excited to actually now learn about astrology since I didn't yeah. get to originally. I know. I'm excited that you're going to be able to take the beginner class and I will obviously be your tutor. You're my mentor, my sensei, my doja. I can't wait. My <laughs> wait, that's half. like that's like a really good segment to our robot oracle. <laughs> oh my God, let's talk about the most important thing in my life. The robot yeah. oracle. And an update from you, most importantly first, because episode two, we discussed your polarizing fear of the unknown, <laughs> aka ChatGPT, and advanced yes. just in general learning that comes and from AI. a yeah. robot AI. I, I would say that I'm still very much terrified of AI, and I'm like very much convinced that the more information we give it, the more it will consume us. However, I caved, and I am finally using ChatGPT. Um, 
The first thing that I did was start speaking to it in French. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then I was like, what if I could try speaking to it in Italian? Would it give me Italian homework? And that's why I'm in therapy. And that's why she's in therapy. Also, <laughs> I literally, you said that to me and I was like, her Virgo sun is absolutely radiating. <laughs> sunning so hard right now. <laughs> she's sunning so hard, which also reminds me, we do need to talk about your soul twin tanks, but that needs to be paused after we talk about the robot oracle. I just need to say that <laughs> yes, loud before yes, we forget. Okay. okay, fine, fine, fine. Fine, fine, fine. But yes, so robot oracle, you're, we, okay, so we need to tell why, name that. So basically... Dominique's polarizing fear of chat GPT. We kind of wanted to make it a little less scary and intimidating by giving it a fun yes. name. Yes. So we're calling it the robot Oracle and yeah. I fucking love it. Yeah. Like I was, I was like, Oh, I need to ask chat GPT something. I'm like, maybe the robot Oracle will know the answer. <laughs> and I, I literally <laughs> type it in. Like she said that. And I was like, did you just call chat GPT the robot Oracle? Yes. And then I was like, immediately I, we can't ever call it anything other anything than else. that again. So yeah. if you ever hear us reference the robot oracle, it's ChatGPT. And honestly, the fact that you're giving it a little shot, dipping your toesies into this new <laughs> era, Web3, yep. whatever, I'm proud of you. And I think that Thank the end so of the much. day, through these trials and tribulations of understanding AI, the one thing that I will take away is no AI will be able to do and talk and make like amazing, funny, quick, on-the-spot, jokey references like you. So oh, yeah. thank you. But I feel like it will. And that's what well, scares it will, me. I'm like, I'm like, okay, so it will eventually. Yeah, that's then, what I'm saying. But, but by then we'll be cyborgs and like, it's fine because <laughs> then we'll be able to do that too. You are um, such an Aquarius rising and it is so obvious in this conversation. <laughs> I'm like, it's giving cyborg Aquarius rising yeah. and Virgo sun all at the same time. And yeah, uh, I love chat GPT though. I have it do so much for me. I literally lately yeah, what? have been... Oh, I have to tell you what I've been doing it for because I think yeah, it actually made me pretty impressed. So I'm applying for jobs at the moment as slowly because I'm taking my time. But one thing that I've been doing is when I need to write a cover letter, I'll say, hey, queen, I want you to pretend to be me <laughs> and write a cover letter for Do you a job. call the robot Oracle queen? <laughs> yeah, I say, hey, queen. Naturally, and okay. Then, and then it says, hi, I am but an AI. I am not a monarchist figure. And I say, okay, anyways, <laughs> queen. And I say, anyway, queen. <laughs> I'm like, anyway, queen, I'm like, your name is queen now. So only respond to that. And it's like, okay. But I say, <laughs> I'm going to give you a job description. I'm going to paste this entire job description and requirements and like whatever from LinkedIn or what on, on from the website. And I want you to create a cover letter with this information that would make me a good fit. And it will write me a brand new cover letter. And then if Whoa. it's a little long, I'll be like, make this shorter. It'll make it shorter. I'll be like, okay, now make it more about like my skills in X, Y, and Z. And I have had it write me so many cover letters. I've had it write wow. me all of the like little descriptions of my resume. And I've also had it write me some perfume content. Oh, damn. That's awesome. Like, do you have an example? Yeah. So there was a video that I made and filmed for um, one of the brands that I love so much, Le Monde Gourmand. They came out with a skin mm -hmm. scent collection. And I had a really fun... Oh, right. Fun I remember this video. Yeah, yeah. And I had a really fun idea of talking about the different scents that they came out with in like comparison to different articles of clothing because they're skin scent. So like the blue oh. one, Beau Blue, is supposed to smell like a boyfriend's hoodie. Like that's kind of what they talked about a little bit. Or like th there was like one brief touch upon it. So I was like, oh, let's talk about all of the scents in the collection as different things. So I wrote down in ChatGPT, I was like, I'm going to write you a thing about these different notes. I want you to write me an introduction video sentence talking about 
these different notes, this is the different perfumes, this is what they smell like, compare them to articles of clothing, what are the articles of clothing and why? And it wrote me the most beautiful synopsis and I recorded it word for word. Whoa. Yeah. I mean, that's that's pretty incredible. I feel like um, there's so much potential in different arenas. I, uh, I haven't really figured out how to use it yet because I'm still kind of like dicking around with it. No, it's um, fine. Dick around. Like, ask it. Come yeah. tell it. Tell it like notes that you like in your drink, and then maybe it can come. Maybe. Oh my God. Maybe the robot oracle can make our drinks for us instead of us. Wait, actually, yeah, I did ask robot oracle. I was like, I like the Chanel DNA of a fragrance, and like explained what I meant by that, and like some notes that I was looking for. I was like, is there anything that's like dominant with like orange blossom and patchouli? And it came up with like multiple lists of fragrances that I should try. Okay. See, yeah, I did the same thing, and I also then got sidetracked and asked it to write me a two-person skit in a perfume <laughs> shop and give me a plot twist ending that ended with Rose's Vanille. But either way... Oh my God, that's really funny. <laughs> I'm like, either way, I also did that and it gave me some really good options. I also used ChatGPT to let me pick my birthday scent. I gave it a list of different gourmand scents from Lucky Scent. Whoa. And I was like, this is all of them. These are the notes. Pick me the one that you think is the most gourmand and would inherently make me the most edible. And it picked one. And I love the one it picked. I got it. Wait, that's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I'm like the robot oracle cares. It gave me a birthday present. The robot oracle gifted me. The, I'm like the robot <laughs> on my oracle, solar return. On my on my Saturn solar return, the robot oracle gifted me Love and Crime by Exidolo, which is an amazing gourmand lemon scent. You should all try. Simply gorgeous. Um, Simply gorgeous. Speaking of perfume, I feel like we should let people know that our next episode will be <clears throat> your amazing concept. Perfume Smasher Pass. Yep. We're doing Perfume Smasher Pass, also known as Fuck Mary on a Live. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have a segment at the end that's Fuck Mary Kill. Um, yeah. And we're going to live sample fragrances that neither of us have smelled. And then there will be a few that like she has smelled and I haven't and vice versa. And we're going to give like live notes. And yeah, it's... I'm so excited. <laughs> you can't smell it with us necessarily, but we will be as descriptive as possible. Oh my God. Wait, do you think... Okay, tell me if this is crazy. What if we like on this episode or on like when you announce this episode, release the list of samples that we're going to get? Ooh, and everyone yeah, else we can, can do order that. samples with us since by now, you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. So if you're listening to this, like in real time, hopefully we will have something on TikTok that <laughs> shows all of the things that we're going to sample. So if you wanted to yeah. get some samples yourself and we'll have like a discount code if you want to yeah. order. Yeah. That's a great Love idea. It. And then anything, <laughs> if we make any commission off of that, we can buy more <laughs> and do it again. And do another episode. Dan, we're going to fund Dan's Hawaii trip. As um, Caroline said, we're trying to get our producer, Dan, back to Hawaii because he was going for a trip and he hadn't been in like decades maybe and got there and immediately got COVID and the whole trip was ruined. So we are trying to get Dan back to Hawaii. It's called UNICEF for Dan, <laughs> except that is not going anywhere except to his pockets and we need to get him to Waikiki. So stay tuned on that. But yes, yeah, we we're going to do that. We're excited. Yep. That also leads us to our final topic of the day. Such a tragedy to end Ugh. such a beautiful episode. But, you know, in the format that we've been following, let's do a little mental health state of the union. Oh, my God. Okay, let's talk a lot about mental health state of the union. So there's a lot of four-letter words in my life recently. ADHD, STEM. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> really just those two. So, okay, state of the union. I have been dealing with imposter syndrome a little bit because sometimes 
I get overwhelmed by the concept of doing simple acts like brushing my teeth. And then I'm like, how am I going to become this person that like is a person that has a full-time job because I'm looking for a full-time job still and a freaking quote unquote influencer. And I'm still in that headspace where like, since I was so much on the other side that like, if I right. ever mention I'm an influencer or someone asks, I'm like, I'm, a, I'm an influencer. Like I like cough. And I'm like, I'm an influencer. <laughs> it feels weird. <laughs> like, like, I'm sorry to say it. If you're an influencer full time, I love that for you so much. But for me, it feels like the most embarrassing thing I could ever say out loud. <laughs> like, I'm again, I'm like, I'm so sorry. I literally am like, you guys are doing real things. It's a real job. But like, truly, I'm in a, I'm in a weird spot where it feels like the most embarrassing thing in the world because I did it on the other side of it. So that is very much like a big part of my mental health state of the union because I'm kind of starting to accept that like, is maybe me feeling embarrassed actually just like the fact that I'm in denial that I can't, that I thought I couldn't do it. Like, is that actually the root of that? And so mm-hmm. it's like shame projecting maybe a little, yeah. I don't know. Maybe a little. A little, but I would say... I think there's also like a lot of negativity around influencer culture in general. And I think that's why a lot of people are calling themselves content creators. That's why my sleep paralysis demon (laughs) is an influencer. Your sleep paralysis demon is a content creator. Or no, your sleep... It's an influencer. It's an influencer, (laughs) not a content creator. The other day I was telling Dominique that I had a dream that I had a sleep paralysis demon that was an influencer with a Jamaican accent that kept saying, Hey, Lincoln, (laughs) bow. And like, literally, I'm, dead. I'm like, that's my mental health state of the union, though, in the sense of like, I'm working on that. And I finally, this is big drum roll, have finally gotten a diagnosis for adult ADHD. I Yay. saw I saw a psychiatrist, big clap, snaps and claps. Yay. I saw a psychiatrist and I went through the, I what's it called? DSM three is that what it's called? Like what the DSM five? DSM five. Yeah. I'm like DSM twelve. <laughs> and DSM seventy seven. <laughs> I'm like literally six six six. No wait, that's not the angel number. Eleven eleven. No. I'm like six six six. The I'm Satan like, number. <laughs> I'm like oh my god. I'm so sorry guys. I'm like oops. don't. Worry. I'm like oops. Actually six 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 is an angel number, but that's a whole other yeah. story. Well, technically, but, like Lucifer was an angel, right? Yeah. Also, I took um. This is a little rogue. Bear with me, everybody. I took politics and religion class in college and one of the sections was on slightly less more taboo religions and like what they actually are all about and i was absolutely fascinated with satanism because the rules of satanism are actually pretty slay like they aren't i'm like (laughs) that's a quote (laughs) i'm like they're actually pretty slay and pretty not that bad like they're not at all about worshiping the devil it's like there are 11 rules there are 11 rules of satanism and they're like don't hurt women and children if someone yeah. goes, if someone goes into your lair and you ask them to leave and they don't leave, destroy them. Um, okay, fair. And like just like and uh, just like a few other like pretty chill rules about just like doing your own thing. And I was like, you know what? I love that guy. Maybe like if that's what his <laughs> religion's all about. I'm like, I don't really know. I don't really know if he got the short end of the stick. And like, you know how Hamilton like was rewritten in history kind of incorrectly. Okay, I'm thinking maybe maybe Satan as well. Oh my God. Like maybe just like Satan had like bad PR. God, Satan had bad PR. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Satan should have hired Ellen at public at purple PR. <laughs> like didn't have a good influencer strategist. <laughs> I'm like, imagine like Satan completely just like was in his flop era because he didn't have the right PR agency and influencer strategist to help him not put Link in bio. And so he accidentally ended up where yeah. he is. Like, and honestly, then like Michael the Archangel canceled him. No, literally, literally. It's like it's like <laughs> Logan Paul when he went to that horrible forest and did that clip and like he just didn't have the right people on his team. So he made one mistake that definitely was the most fucked up thing ever. But like if he had the right team, like no one would have known that he did that. Satan. Oh my God. <laughs> 
did you just compare Logan Paul to Satan? I'm like, Logan Paul, if you're out there, I, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I, I'm more comparing Satan to you, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, like, it's a compliment, I swear. It's a compliment, I swear. So, yeah, back to my mental health seat of the union. You can see how that's going. <laughs> I'm like, um, but I do have ADHD, and I think we have to do a full episode on it. And I'm just, like, yeah. asking because I think that, like, the process in which going through it, and also I'm on day three of being medicated, which... You probably are like, wow, you're medicated. You've hopped around so much. Yes, that's just how we are in our happiness, bestest of times. But honestly, I feel so understood, validated, and like I'm turning a corner for the best because of this. So I think we need to talk about that as well as neurospiciness and general sensory issues and biohacking my way through those in a real way. (laughs) I'm so glad you brought up like all of the neurospiciness and everything because every day TikTok tells me that I do have ADHD. And a psychiatrist told me I definitely don't, but we will be talking to like a nationally leading expert in adult female ADHD um, and asking her some questions. And then we'll, you know, have maybe a little series on like adult women with ADHD coming soon. I love it. And I want to be a part of that. And I think that that's my mental. (laughs) I'm like, and I want to be part of that. And my mental state of the union also is a little bit manic, not in the way of using the term manic, the way that it should be used. I'm using it in the way that I hate that people use OCD when they are trying to like be, you know, what's the word? Uh, What's that word where things are really compulsive or obsessive? No, no. Like what's that word when, uh, when something's like being over, over dramatized, the the Mm. other word, it's like, uh, what's that word? Blowing things out of proportion or a dramatic, I don't know. I just keep thinking dramatic. It, there's a uh god it's never gonna come to me uh well okay the word of like when someone's being hyperbolic oh yeah hyperbole for sure hyperbole like i i was being very like when people are very hyperbolic and misusing the term ocd that's me when i use the term got it i see what, what was i just talking about manic yeah manic manic i hate when people use that term because i'm not actually manic but i do have some right. tendencies that lean that way and that is i box dyed my hair black yesterday Ooh, but it looks good. So it like, good. why is that a bad thing? <laughs> it's not a bad thing, but it is important that I share that I am doing everything that I want to do for myself without any kind of thinking about it. But it, it, yeah. in, but in my head, I'm like, oh, it's my Saturn return angel telling me to Aww. do it. So It's giving you the structure you need. Like Saturn yeah. in Pisces is so like providing structure to the structureless. And I feel Ugh, like this God. is like you getting the tools that you need for ADHD, which kind of feels like kind of Pisces, like... There's no boundary. There's no structure. It's flowing everywhere. It is everywhere all at once. And this is kind of coming in and building structure and system for you. I That's how I feel. And I love it. And I love you. And now I need you to tell me your update. Your state um, of the union and mental health. Honestly, like, I don't even know how to answer right now. I think I'm okay. Like, there's yeah. a lot going on, as you know. And like, <laughs> the people will know soon. Um, but yeah, like, there, there's just a lot going on. I'm, But I'm like, happy to being like kind of a stable, normal place, like nothing bad or catastrophic happening. That's um, a great recognize, like to be able to recognize that like things are good and say that out loud is honestly a really beautiful thing. Cause I think we all sometimes are like, yeah, like we're like someone asked how we were we're like, yeah, it's fine. Whatever. But to be like, you know, I it's think so things true. are okay. It's like, that's really cool. Yeah. Things like actually are fine. And I feel like that's part of what we've been talking about, like honoring those like good things. It's so easy to be like, what's wrong with me? Or like, what's wrong with my life right now? And it's like, oh, well, what's like going right? Honestly, yeah, this conversation's going right. I got a good coffee this morning. 
I'm sampling Jelena Exclusive right now. I wore it Whoa! in your honor. It smells so good. I'm like huffing it right now. Oh my and I'm god! Like brain high from the, just the fragrance. Oh my god! So yeah, I like go huff too. all good things. Stella's like being really cute on the couch right now next to us in the studio. Like oh, things are good. So is Patoon. I honestly just I know. like during that entire thing got like a mental image of you doing whippets, but it's Delina exclusive instead. <laughs> um, just like the Parfum to Marley collection. Yeah, literally. Wait, speaking literally. of, you got Sophonade finally. Oh my God, did I? I got Sophonade oh finally. I got Athalia as well. I have... Athalia is beast mode. Like, Athalia that is a strong... beast mode. It is so gorgeous. Oh, my God. It deserves its own special episode of something because it yeah. is technically let's, unisex. Let's bring it up. Yeah, we'll Let's bring it up that. in the uh, perfume episode. 100%. <laughs> Coming soon. Coming soon okay, great. to a screen area. But yeah, I got Safanade. The thing about Safanade that I think is so special is the notes intertwine so beautifully, even though some of them don't like make necessary sense that they would. It like right. has a lot of floralness to it, but a lot of warmth and like syrupy warm. warmness. Yeah. And it, it reminds me of like, you know, just like an oriental perfume, like a warm floral yeah. in that way, but like a winter warm floral. Like if you were to think Which about- Which is so funny. Yes. It's so gorgeous though, because it's funny because you wouldn't think that it would be, but like, then right. I checked the I, I smell summer. Website. You smell summer, but I checked the Parfum de Marley website. It has the best time to wear for every scent, and they marked it as it's best winter. time to wear fall and winter at night. Wow, that's so crazy. Like, I literally wore it like summer, and you know how like everything is obviously different on, you know, your different um, yeah. skin chemistry. I wore it like all through August in Europe, and I was like, this gives me like vacation brain high vibes. But I've read on Fragranica people saying that too, that it smells like sunshine and the, the like energy yeah. of warmth in a bottle. But then one of my favorite perfume creators, Oh You Pretty Things on TikTok, she recently was talking about Safanade and how she loves it, but she would exclusively only wear it in the winter. And I was like, it's so interesting. That's so funny. Yeah. I moved to my Chanel one in like fall, winter, cold months, uh, which is obviously its own thing. And I feel like, sorry, I'm like getting wait, so off track with wait, no, perfume wait, stuff yet again. Actually, though, quick pause on the perfume thing because I do want to ask before I forget because this is a really important question. Hypothetically, if you could only wear one perfume in spring, one in winter, one in summer, one in fall. Oh, shit. Or do Here's we do one warm, scenty, like spring, summer, one And fall, one cold. Winter? Yeah. I mean, the two I just listed probably, but I feel like I haven't smelled enough. I know that sounds crazy because like You've this is such a so many? pastime. Yeah, but like I feel like there's so much left to like experience and I haven't like gotten really into niche stuff yet. But I mean like Sophonade's my number one like every day for like lighter and then Cormandel is my like heavier, sexier, like kind of darker, um, which really like Cormandel is like is oriental. Maybe that's like my thing. Have you ever um, smelled Playing with the Devil by Killian? No, I'm going to look it up right now. It's like an oriental <laughs> cellars family. Like, it's Ooh. so... I don't know how to explain it. It's like and woody. And fruity? It's fruity, woody, floral, dark. I don't know how to explain it. I've smelled it twice. And it is like captivatingly... It reminds me of something that you would Ooh. like. I don't know. Okay. I'm, I'm obsessed with the complexity. It says black, currant, white peach, lychee, and blood orange are in the top. Pimento pepper, rose, and jasmine in the center, sandalwood, vanilla, cedar, patchouli, benzoin, and tonka bean at the base. It Which are some like of something your favorites. I would your love. Favorite notes. Yeah, exactly. By jasmine, comparison, mm-hmm. I'm going to pull up my Chanel one. So it is very ambery as well, but it has like a lot of patchouli. Okay, so the top is bitter orange, citrus, and neroli. Middle note, patchouli, orris, jasmine, and rose. Base, benzoin, white chocolate, amber, olibanum, incense, woody notes, musk, and then one of the versions, Tahitian vanilla. I can't remember which version it is. But yeah, like, it's one of those things where it's like, you don't know 
it doesn't fall into one category. Like, you know, with Safanat, it's like, okay, amber and white floral, like I get it. With this, it's like, oh, that's so many different things. There's like something fresh and green and citrusy. There's something earthy. There's something sweet floral. Then there's like white chocolate and amber mm. and there's wood and musk. Like there's there's a lot going on. But when you smell it, it's so well blended. I always call it an olfactory masterpiece. It really is. Just because it's so, it, it's a it's a girl who can do both. It's so many things. Oh my God, that's such a beautiful like picture in my mind, honestly. That's how I feel about a lot of the perfume de Marley collection in general. And Moon Carnival. Oh my God, yeah. Oh my God, you need to smell Moon Carnival. Oh yeah, absolutely. I Are we smelling that? I think in our so. Perfume I think so. Okay. I hope so. I mean, we, we must. <laughs> Otherwise, I will find a way and just send it to you. But yeah, no, that's also <laughs> olfactory masterpiece. But yeah, I think that like we completely got off topic for you. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say you really took a turn I'm classic. Like, but that kind of also completely touches upon the absolute sort of semi-denial in ADHD. So, yep, yeah. mental state of the union is where you just want to talk about perfume somewhere. And you know so what? we will That's be okay. doing episodes on both. <laughs> yes, we will. Separate, segregated, and they'll probably still intertwine. But yeah. Yep, yep, 100%. Caroline, you are my favorite. Thank you for giving your life to us, <laughs> living I, this life of service. We are obsessed with you. I'm obsessed with you. I love you. Thank I you. would do anything for you. I <laughs> would literally, I say it all the time, I would harvest the celebrities' organs. Of all of your favorite TikTok stars, I can't name names because I'm maybe becoming friends with one of them, but I cannot name names. I would do anything for you. I love you. I love everything about you. I love this show. <laughs> this is the best show on earth. You heard it here first. And, and that's jazz. I hope you had as much fun as we did just now. If you didn't, my bad, I guess. If you did, please, for the love of God, leave us a review, not to sound needy or anything. You can find Caroline and all of her niche luxury hot girl content on TikTok at, at Caroline M. Stern. That's linked in the episode description, so you can just click and follow. Thank you for joining in on our crazy conversation. I hope you learned something, felt some joy, and are excited to hear our next episodes on perfume and ADHD. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of This Is Fine. I've been your host, Dominique Michelle Astorino. We're based in San Diego, recording in studio at DLI Productions in Pacific Beach with Emmy Award-winning sound designer, Dan De La Isla. This is a comedy and advice podcast, but for legal reasons, this entire podcast is a joke and none of it is medical advice. To download the transcript or learn more, visit thisisfinepodcast.com. 